Absolutely. You know, I'm yo, I'm a classic NBA dude. I like the classic NBA games, but I need to see some new shit already. I'm trying to know what's crazy. What pissed me off is this is the season I went and bought the package and they shut my fucking season to these bastards. You get a you get a refund on that? I don't know, man. I I got my two hundred dollars out of it, you know what I mean? But that was the case, man, when um so you know here we are, brother. So let's do it. We got Ken and Jeff on the line. Jeff, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? My name is Jeff. Um, originally from the Bronx, living out in Ohio right now. Just, you know, trying to get through this quarantine. Talk some sports with y'all good fellas. What's that? The Buckeye State, son? That's what they call a Buckeye? Buckeye State, man. Ha-ha. That's what's up, son. BX to the Buckeye, son. Yes. <laughs> and then we got Ken. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? It's Ken. I'm out here in Jersey. Originally from the Bronx. Out here in quarantine. We're right next to y'all. We're halfway there on the infection. I see you, bro. We right yeah, there, son. Bronx is in the house deep. So these are the topics that we're going to talk about on this episode. We're going to talk about the Last Dance documentary, which I know everybody has had an opportunity to watch the first two episodes. I was just telling Rob. I shared with Rob, too. I got the plug. So I got a couple of more episodes that I got the, the eight episodes so far. I'm working on if getting niggas the last want the two. package. If they want the quarantine package, we got it here. Yeah. So we gonna talk a little bit about that. We gonna talk about black people in baseball. We gonna talk about the G League going to the G League instead of going to college. And we gonna talk about the devaluation of running backs. And then also we gonna talk about sporting events without live crowds and what that's really gonna mean. So let's start off with the Last Dance documentary, right? It's funny because everybody's calling this shit the Michael Jordan documentary, but reality is the documentary on the it's last showtime. season, you know, right? Mike is Showtime, uh, the man. Bulls. So you you had a chance to watch it, Rob? I watched a little bit of it. I liked it, I, and I like where it's going, man. I mean, you didn't know the Bulls was gonna pull out '97 like that after what they had. Mike took a layoff, and then he comes back, and they and they right back and and and, and play, and the way they was playing, and then Krause is like, nah, nigga, nah. <laughs> I said, I don't care if you 105 and zero, son. You ain't getting no extra, son. Just told him straight out. And whatever the reasons were, I don't know. But it's intriguing to watch as as, as the episodes go on yeah. to see what's about to happen. I think the next episode is about Robin. Yeah. You know what's, what's funny to me? We, was, we were saying also, like, what is Krauss' motivation for why he wanted to split up the Bulls, right? The, the logical thinking or the rational thinking behind it is that if you win in, you're supposed to keep winning, and then you don't rebuild until you get to a point where you need to rebuild. But the way they portrayed him is that he was just gung-ho for like, yo, all right, we need to tear it down and rebuild. And Mike was Mike was at his best part as, as you know what I'm saying, as a player. He was averaging. He was he was doing so many things. He was holding the team down. Remember, Sky didn't come into the season. Mm -hmm. Robin was out. Mike is going through his shit, you know what I'm saying? But... They, they they managed, but the, to to knock a knock a dynasty team off like that was that was wild. Yeah, Ken, did you have opportunity to see it? Yeah, I got a chance to watch. I, I thought Jerry Krause, man, he just seemed like he was jealous of the fact that everybody else was getting a lot of credit. He wasn't getting the type of credit. He right. Had. And the whole tipping thing is crazy. With with being the hundred and twentieth. On your 22nd highest paid dude. Yeah, yeah, son. I, I was wondering about that. Something like, yo, Pippen's doing all the fucking work. And Robin, not not to cut your wisdom, Keanu, yo, but Robin said, the nigga Scotty got his bones in 91 when they fought, when they beat Detroit. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's when Scotty was the man back then, not even at 97. And they was just giving them bones then. So think about from 91 to 97, he's... 100 and seconds in the fucking basement right now, son. Yeah. Jeff, did you get a chance to see it? Yes, sir, I did. And it kind of it kind of sheds some light on 
Scotty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Scotty, Scotty, is a, Scotty was a very important piece to that to that puzzle. And when Jordan says, like, you know, what is, you know, when you say my name, you got to say Scotty's you gotta name. I say Scotty's name. So that was very important for a lot of viewers. Yeah, a lot of viewers had to see that because a lot of viewers actually talk about Scotty and he wouldn't be in the top 50 right now and Jordan made him and this, that, and the third. You know, I thought that was very important. Yeah, he didn't win until Scotty. Got there. Scotty is what actually put him over the hump. And you, but you know who went and got Scotty? Because the Chicago Bulls is whack with Lando Woolridge and Steve Coulter. Oakley. When they went and got when they went and got Oakley and went and went and got Grant and then they and then they um then they draft they drafted Pifton. They drafted uh, somebody, they Seattle drafted, drafted him and they did traded the, the trade him on. Yeah. Those are Jerry Krause moves, huh? Yeah. My thing with Jerry Krause though, I, I think you know he's always going to be remembered as the dude who broke up the team, but. You know, he actually is the architect. Like, it was his moves to put the team together. And if you look at how he's portrayed, he did. Yeah. He did come with the, all right, you know, it's I see Phil Jackson. He found Phil Jackson. And Phil Jackson believed in Texas, man te- shit. Tex winner. But the thing is, I, I also think is, is it's like, you know, it's, it's almost equivalent to the person who's behind the scenes making the moves happen for whoever the front man is. And then they become... They become yeah. jealous because they like, damn, this person getting all the shine. Right. So I, think I guess that's I guess that's cool that's more. the Knicks issue too, right? That's the that's yeah. a different story. I mean to go with this. <laughs> that that the Knicks issue is that what the the people uh, in the back office the back fucking office? up the office, huh? Yeah. You know, what was another telling point to I think the documentary also, and you know, even Jeff, you said it where they actually giving Pippen some credit, but everybody really believes that this is a Michael Jordan documentary, but the reality of it is it's supposed to be a Chicago Bulls documentary highlighting their last season and everything they had to go through and endure to get that second three-peat. Um, and future episodes, which you guys are going to see, and this is a leak, <laughs> well, not, not to show you of it, plugs, but what, huh? you, what, you, what you're going to see in these future episodes is they're going to talk about Rodman's contribution, they're going to talk about Tony Kukoc, Contribution, yo. One of the funniest shits to me in the episode in the episode that's coming up is they film they're filming Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen in the locker room. I just played it for Rob and Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan are drinking a beer. And Scottie Pippen is like, yo, you gotta get the camera cool yo, out of Scottie here. Scottie got you, pissed. I don't like, want you dri- be on tape drinking a beer. Yo, Michael Jordan was like, yo, ten years ago when I got here, the Bulls were drinking cases of beer and smoking cigarettes at halftime. So that should tell you. <laughs> about how far the franchise came as a result of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and Tony Kukoc's contribution. Yo, Michael Jordan changed American culture. Yeah. He changed the, the, the attendance of going in arenas, how much people paid the sneakers in fashion, how much people wanted. That, that's, that's Jeff and I era growing up. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like Mike, you was drunk. This was, <laughs> what? Well, it, wasn't, it was no argument in how you played, had some sort of air to it, whether you were stretching your legs out, whether mm-hmm. how you was going to the basket. Yeah, everybody wanted to emulate Everyone, right? you had some of Mike in you. I don't give a fuck who you are. Jeff, is there anything that you didn't like about the documentary so far? So, Jeff? Um, nah, nah, not really. Um, the only thing that I didn't like, I just, I just don't like Krause. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. Nothing really Krause is a fucking bum. But just him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Michael Jordan said, we have earned the right to continue to, to, to play because we keep winning. Right. Why would you tell this dude, I don't care if you go 82 and 0, you're not the coach. I just don't understand that at all. Well, we were saying that also. We was like, what's the motivation to break it up? Like, is it, was it about finances? Like, oh shit, we got to pay Phil, Robin, Pippen, George. Was it fine? They never, in the documentary, they never explained what was his motivation for breaking it up. Kim, what about you? What, what is there anything that you didn't like about the documentary? Yeah, I think they're letting the owner off the hook in this big time because I couldn't find one owner in the NBA that's going to break up a team that just won the championship and go on for it. Right. He got his hands washed like, you know what? It's all on Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> little evil bastard. Seven the game breaks this up. 
can't break this up. We just won 70 games. Right, yeah, sir. They letting them off the hook big time. That's a good point. Well, you know, here's another thing to, to, to consider with this, right? So Jerry Krause is dead now, so he can't defend himself. Did he but, die? Yeah, he, he died in, I think, oh, 2017. Shit. Jerry Krause is dead. He can't Bro. defend himself. But prior to this, did people feel as if Jerry Krause was the bad guy? Like, this is the narrative that's being created throughout the documentary. But prior to this, did people feel like, yo, Jerry Krause ain't shit? <laughs> Jeff, did, did you feel that Jerry Krause was, was worthless before this documentary? Yeah, I did. Um, I'll say that right at the tip. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say that. Yeah, you know, because he, he was always he was always in the he was always in the in the news. Right. For funny style. For funny style, shit. Yeah, son. Like, yep. First, right. First he's like, yo, he's a baseball dude, and you know, it's like, yo, who is this dude? And then he put the team together, so we definitely gotta give him some credit for that. Mm-hmm. But you know, you gotta maintain that squad as well. That's right, son. They're winning. Right. This team is winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how do you how do you and then, you know, you're supposed to have, when you when you coach or when you on any team, you got to have some type of tolerance for, for dudes that's doing it, like Mike, Scotty, even Rodman. Rodman got away with a lot of stuff because of what he brought to the team. So, I don't understand Krauss, man, and, and bringing Tim Floyd and, to the wedding and all of that. <laughs> And left fell out. That was what. Uh, that was some sucker shit, son. That was just some plain old sucker white cracker. No, no, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> yeah, but I think you make a good point about about um, Jerry Ronsdorf also because he in this documentary this, so far there's no culpability they, for they, him, they, right? They had moved forward. We're wanting to change the dynamics of the team mm-hmm. because they figured as though guys just get. I guess what they they thought they were getting older. They probably didn't want to pay Scotty. They knew it, a, a big payday was coming up for him. All sorts of I see, see all the bullshit with them. So let me let me let me ask you this because Reinsdorf, one of the things he said in the documentary, he's like, before Scotty signed a deal, he was like, "You sure you want to sign this deal?" So what responsibility? Because it's a long jeopardy. Yeah, and it was like what was it, like seventeen million or eighteen million for like seven years or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like you get nothing, man. But you're the hardest working dude, and, and trust me. Was Scotty a late scratch as the 50 greatest when he got put on that list? Why Isaiah ain't on there? And then you find out later on these two niggas got beef somehow. <laughs> Did that have anything to do with it? Because let Scotty tell you, he said, I'll never, I'll never look at Isaiah Thomas in his face again. A lot of, you know, a lot of people do and like Isaiah. I watch Isaiah. Isaiah is cool as cucumber when he's doing his show. He ain't worried shit about Scotty. Let Scotty beef about what Scotty beef about. And I think that's the little. I, yeah, I might be looking too far into it, but Ken, you do you believe that Scottie Pippen had the right to renegotiate his contract, despite the fact that he agreed on that contract and may have outperformed that contract? Did he have the right to renegotiate? Hell yeah, I think I think <laughs> that was the right thing. He should he should have had a he should have had a knee and ankle injury every year. I don't think I'm going to be paying. Hey, he played, you played me for 41 games, not 82. Right, he was out like 35 games. Yeah, he was out. Yeah, he was out for a minute. Jeff, what about you? You think Pippen had the right to renegotiate? Absolutely, man. I mean, it's kind of like I, I, I like I like to I like to equate it to music. Like so, so I'm listening. If Let me in. You come out and you 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 you, you a platinum artist. Like you want to go back to the table. You want to re- renegotiate for your next album and your budget and all of that. Scotty was a proven. He became a star, and obviously, yeah. I think that they should have. You know, yeah. Ron Thor said, "Yo, you know, you sure you want to do this?" At the same time, like you holding him to this slave contract. I, I don't think that was right. Right. Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, what type of example are you setting for the rest of your team when your second best player is getting paid Peanuts. as the sixth best player on your squad? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, and just just in good faith, it would have been, you know, it would have made sense because if you think about what they probably would have had to pay him in comparison to what other stars were making, it still would have probably been considerably less than what other people were making. 
I just think that he just felt thoroughly insulted by you know why am I making why am I making less money than than some of the people that's riding the pine you know why is who did they have at that time did they have Bill Winnington and oh my they, god they, yeah they had other Will dudes Perdue that, them niggas had the garbage squad on their side of the bench huh? They had got rid of BJ Armstrong. I was mad they got rid of BJ. I said, fuck them niggas, man. They got rid of Yo. BJ. But BJ Armstrong became an agent. You know that, right? That was some bullshit. Was, BJ Armstrong was Derrick Rose agent for a period of time. Theo, you on the line? What it do? What it do? What's, What's up, up homie? Bro? You want to introduce yourself? Theo, man. BX all day. Theo, BX all What's day. Up? Go ahead on the bill. We just talking about the um the Last Dance documentary. Did you have an opportunity to watch it? Goddamn right, I did. <laughs> uh, what did you think of it? I loved it. You loved it. Nice. Is there anything that you uh, didn't like about it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I. First, what I like about it was, first of all, where he get his um, competitive drive from. Because, you know, as they're coming up from uh, UNC to the, to the right. pros. That's right. He was very competitive, kind of, kind, of, kind, of like, kind of like over the top competitive. Yes, sir. He wanted to prove people wrong. From, you know, so it, it kind of, yeah, so it kind of highlights where he get it from, from his siblings. Like his older brother named James Jordan. He was just vicious on the public with my family chain at home. Right. He beating him up on the court and, right. you know, not letting him win. Stop making them damn crying faces too, man. Hopefully, he got all this shit out. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely like this. Yeah, seeing yeah, this yeah. Is, is giving me the, a behind the behind the scenes perspective of everything that they had to endure. And I'll tell you, like, there's some real vulnerable moments where you get to see the true Michael Jordan yeah. in this in this documentary. And they Mike's been a stand up dude his entire yeah. career. He's they, never he's never blurted out in yeah. a, in, a, in, a, in an interview. He's been a standard dude. Niggas killed his father. Yeah. All, all, all the stuff you, that you going get, on. You're going to get it all, though. Like, he talked yeah, about his relationship sure. with Isaiah Thomas. He talked about um, how they felt with crowds bringing Tony Kukoc in. How they felt um, with the the, the mm. selection of the Dream Team right. people and everything. Like, how his his relationship with Dennis Rodman that's, that's and stuff. Other... Like, yeah. he get, they, right. It's really, really, like, he really opens up. Okay. And shares a lot. Okay. Theo, we didn't get a chance to ask you. Do you do you think that Pippen? Well, we all know Pippen was underpaid, but do you think Pippen had the right to renegotiate, or that the Bulls should have renegotiated his contract given his performance? I think that if Kraus was a genuine dude, you re, you renegotiate without question. But he deserved that. He's mm-hmm. the top player at the time, maybe mm-hmm. at the time. He was great. Guy was great. But let's not forget. When the owner tells you this deal is wrong, and you still take it, mm. I can feel so much sorry for you. Yeah, you bring you okay? bring you bring but up I get the I get, I, I, I get it. Yeah, but I get it because he's from a small town, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Maybe two thousand people at best. They all know each other. Yeah, family of fifteen people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family members in a wheelchair. Right. I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand your mindset. And the deal was good the first year, but the NBA blew up. They mm-hmm. start making money. Right after that. Up, and he, he got caught in the middle of that. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. But Scotty, if the owner tells you, man, it's a raw deal, and you still take it, 
Right. You bring up a good. He bring up a good point though. Bring up a good point because I think a lot of right. a lot of athletes and not only athletes, entertainers get caught in this where they don't want to bet on themselves. And the most recent they play person, the bet. yeah, the most recent, and I can't blame them based on the circumstances of saying guaranteed money right. is guaranteed money. Let me That's take right. this guaranteed money. But you think about a dude like. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. That ties went, into that G League. Yeah, went year He's to going year. To G League. There's a check and, on and, the G League. And was like, yo, I'm going to go year to year and then make my money year to year and then right. get this big deal. So part of it, yeah, Pippen do probably, he probably, there should be some responsibility on his part because if the owner did say to you, like, wait a minute, you want to sign a seven-year deal? Like, to me, that's admirable on Jerry Reinsdorf part to even come out and be like, yo, you want to sign a seven-year deal for $17, $18 million? You sure right. you want to do this? And I think I heard him mention something about Michael Jordan's deal. Also, yo, they have a part in that documentary where they talk about Michael Jordan initially not even wanting to sign with Nike. That Michael Jordan didn't want to sign with Nike. And that Nike, Nike, yeah, he wanted to go with Adidas. And that Nike told, um, Nike's plan was like, yo, we could sell three million sneakers in, um, in, in, in a year. Or by the top, by the four years after his deal was up, we'd be happy. They said they sold 126 million in the first year, and that his mom had to convince him to even take the meeting wow. with Nike. See that? Yeah, that's Pretty crazy. High. So let's go. Let's go around one last time. One last word on the documentary, Kim. What do you say in terms of the, the documentary? Last word on it. I definitely keep watching. I like it, which is I think it's gonna be a lot of more stuff exposed in the 20th part of that. They want to do it earlier. Mike was like, he wants to wait because he thinks he's going to look bad. I don't think he's going to look bad. Keep it going. Yeah, there's some shit in there though that make that make Mike look bad. It's about to come out. So. Yeah, there's some shit that make Mike look bad. Jeff, what about you? Last word on documentary. I'm definitely looking forward to the um, to the next one. I mean, I Right, Theo, for you, last word in the documentary. Uh, I think it highlighted how good Scotty was because there was a lot of perception going on saying how Michael Jordan taught him the this and taught him the that. You know, you've seen that in, in the documentary, he already had a, a skill set already. He could play defense, he could play offense, he could play point forward. He was doing everything in college. Everything. everything in yes, college. sir. So I'm going to try to figure out where did, where, did Mike, where did Mike teach him that as far as skill sets concerned? I don't see mm-hmm. it. I see footage of him in high school killing everybody. Mm-hmm. And mind you, he killed an NBA combine as well. Yeah. As well. Now, I'm making NBA credit for mental toughness. Yeah, yeah that's, probably what, that's probably what drew over the top. Yeah. He, he didn't teach people the damn thing about skill set, brother. Nah, yeah. nah, that shit came natural, son. Yeah. Look, but you know, yo, Pippen, Pippen was a different specimen. You see how lengthy... His range for the game, or how he, yo, he was different. He man. might have been the first five-two player. That he said, Doc, right. he said Doc was his favorite player, so there I can see go. that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he might have been the first five-two. Mm-hmm. His game, his game, his game was his game was kind of Irving-esque. Yeah. Is what I can say. You know what I mean? So switching sports and kind of yeah. segue yeah. into yeah. the to the next topic. The next thing we want to talk about is black folks, African Americans, and baseball, or the lack thereof, and what. What do we attribute to the lack thereof of African Americans being in baseball? Rob, you wanna what, what, what's your opinion on this? Well, you gotta you gotta keep in mind, man. The sports and entertainment became a sensationalized marketing event, and we publicize and we popularize people who we see often. Baseball doesn't have the patience for people's two-second mentality nowadays, where their, their attention span is not gazing to wanting to watch the game of baseball, let alone liking the game of baseball. So now we're, you know, we got our LeBrons and we got our Bradys and we even got soccer players who draw up all our attention. You know what I'm saying? You just don't market baseball the way they're like. And in my humble opinion, there is no lack of black players in baseball because 
my Latino players are black players, huh? All the motherfuckers is us. So it, we, we actually we actually taking that shit over if you ask me. But anyway, for the brothers, I think it's been since there was never really big numbers in and especially let's go to like major leagues or something like that when it comes to baseball. We're about seventy three years removed from Jackie Robinson, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Allowing anything in sports to happen. Mm-hmm. Baseball, there would be no tiger. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I don't. I think. I think because of the low tension span of our nation and how things go, people don't like it because of that. Because they think it's boring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For us per se, and I say as 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 a people, we're creative people. So it's going to take a lot of us just to sit down and do something, unless we're doing something for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that has a has a component to why. Um, there isn't nowadays, because back then it, there was there was a healthy a number of us. Significant amount of African American representation. Yeah, so I'm saying we was we was definitely dominant in the baseball in the eighties. Yeah, and you got to think about in the eighties, as I was talking to my uncle coming from from the young men of that time coming from the sixties seventies, mm-hmm. their prowess, their athleticism came in baseball. Yeah, nobody was watching the basketball; they just thought that was something you did when you went to the park. Yeah, baseball was more. American sport, uh, sport, yeah. So, yeah. or in a, more of an inner city. Yeah, inner city. Yeah. We played in the Bronx, son. Everywhere, as long as you seen the square on the, the wall, wall, son. You know what it was. That was a yeah. spot. That was yeah. it. Jeff, what do you say? I think you stepped away. Afri- All right, Theo. So, what, what do you say, Theo? African Americans in baseball. Well, I, well, my first love was baseball. And I could say that, you know, a lot of my uh, childhood picks, I'm playing, you see me in a baseball uniform, not basketball. Or Keeping it real, son, in my mind, yeah, I love baseball. For real. And, and uh, you know, growing up, you know, growing up, it was baseball diamonds everywhere. We played uh, softball, we played, played stickball. We played softball behind the back of high school growing up. Yo, son, we you even know, played, played punch ball. Park. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anywhere we had a ball, we could be here, son, yeah. Right, and now we, as we get older, as we got older, before we had kids, there's no more baseball fields no more. Mm-hmm. And I contribute that to maybe, I guess, you know, yeah. uh, we're not playing because maybe the, the bird and, and Max Ira caught our eye. Because when we going up to see Max and Bird, we like, oh, wait a minute. What? We go to TV, now all of a sudden, Hold on. Why right, you starting to associate it like I got a basketball court? Right, son. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for basketball courts right, now. <laughs> right, right. Right, you know how you sit here with your uncle, your dad, with your homeboys, and you watch the bird and magic every day of the year, and a little bit of magic, a little bit of a little bit of Doctor Doctor J doing his thing. Now your interest is changing now. Right. As you're getting older, mm-hmm. at the same time there's no more field. So now I'm going outside with a basketball, playing ball with my boys. Now my interest has changed. As it changed, the fields are being diminished. They're being taken away. Right. Uh, grass, the there. grass ain't growing right on now, them no I, more, I, son. I, 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 <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I live in a predominantly maybe a, a, a white neighborhood. There's one baseball field in my neighborhood. Right. There's no basketball court in my neighborhood. Right. But one. Is it but probably, one. there's but a bunch of soccer fields though, right? You got soccer fields, I bet, yeah, though, right? exactly. You got that, too. <laughs> right. I, I agree with you. Exactly. And you also see female baseball now out there relevant now. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. No they're playing. Anywhere. There's no doubt at all in New York City or the Bronx. You got to try to see a goddamn diamond field right now. Wow, that's crazy. That's right. Yo, and they used to be and everywhere in the Bronx, dude. Yo, that's crazy. They used to right. be everywhere. We used to be our own league, our own neighborhood. Yeah, son. Right. We used to be our own league, our own neighborhood. Yeah, they go to Pelham Parkway, Parkway Baseball League. <laughs> nah, they yeah, they come up to the league. Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, what do you say, Kim? It's going down. Yeah. What, do you, what do you say, Kim? Black people in baseball. I think what you were saying earlier was that we can't even identify. I think the last person that you could really identify with that was black in baseball was like Ken Duffy Jr. or something. Solid. Or, or you, you can't even, can't even, you can't even take Derek Jeter, right? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You, can, you can't even say Derek. You can't say. I mean, he's supposedly black. Aaron Judge. People don't identify. People don't identify right. with him like that. That's right. And then, and then we don't. There's nobody. There's no fields. There's no nothing. Plus, too, like even out here in Jersey, they they still play baseball a lot. But if you wanted to play. You, 
It's a lot of money out here for the giving the case for a week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and I'm thinking beyond like us playing as kids. Cause we've all played baseball as a kids. I mean, I, I I love baseball. I still enjoy it. My wife feels too, like man. it's extremely boring, but I, I love baseball. Agreed. But I think the what changed is you think about it. In baseball, you could be the best player in the country, and in order to go pro, to go pro, go pro, not go to the minors to go pro is still going to take you five to six years. And I don't know if as African-Americans, we have the patience to sit in a minor league system knowing that we're the best, we were the best college player or the best draft, high school player. But they draft very early. They, they draft, draft them early, but they still send them to, um, to single-A ball. They send them to double-A ball. If you get to triple-A ball, then the word is that your career triple-A ball player. Right. Like double-A is where like all the best prospects are. So you could be top of the game. You could be this highly touted prospect. And you won't touch a major league field for two and three, if you're lucky, two or three years. Sometimes four years, they're waiting to actually get on the field. Right. And you think about it like any place else in the NBA, you know, you could go to college for a year. Right. And then you could hit the pro circuit and get paid. Right, right. You right? got to go through the farm system. So, yeah, imagine going through the farm system and be like, damn, like I got all this talent. And when I get to the majors, I'm a blow. But right now, I'm riding the bus from New York. Coney Island to Alabama, <laughs> playing for the Staten Island Cyclones or the Brooklyn Cyclones, whatever it is, you know, and I don't know if African Americans have that patience when, again, they remove the fields out of the community, right? Yeah. So now people are looking at it like, damn, like, yo, from playing ball, I could get to the league faster. Or from playing football, you know, I have a better chance of getting to the league faster than what I actually have for getting baseball. Now, the funny shit about it is, Baseball, the guaranteed contracts seem to be where the money is at. Like, people are getting these huge guaranteed contracts mm -hmm. from playing baseball. The football contracts ain't even guaranteed outside of the bonus. But more people probably feel like, you know, the chances are better of me getting to the NFL right. much faster right. and solving whatever my economic situation is than languishing in the Major League Baseball minor league system <laughs> forever. And I think that's the reason why African Americans may have fell back a little bit. And... Baseball, to me, doesn't do a good job of actually marketing individual stars, right? They spend most of the time... Like, football like, football, football is America's game, so football markets itself. But if you spend what? most of the time sitting in a dugout, you got right. a helmet and a hat on, it becomes very difficult to actually connect with some of these players. And the way, and the way they market sports, baseball doesn't have the enthusiasm. It doesn't have the enthusiasm, unless you're a purist who can sit there and wait for a base hit. Or see if they're going or you to appreciate, you can appreciate a zero to one game. Yeah, so you can do that. That's not that's not in the, in the world we live today. <laughs> yeah. So let me let's flip that question and say, what do what does Major League Baseball need to do to get more African Americans interested in it? Because I did hear that Major League Baseball now is very much looking at the decline in African American players and what, saying, you like, ask yourself, what does it take to become a Major League player? Do I have, does a player have these criteria? Because usually when they start going to Cuba and the Dominican Republic, they just looking at raw material. These mm -hmm. kids can throw 100 miles an hour, can hit through the moon, and before you know it, yeah. they're they on the fucking team. So, <laughs> I don't care. Yo, listen, man. It's, it, you know, and I, and I agree with your point. You know, those who go to college and then, you know, you, after college, you have the draft, and right from the draft, you're going to the the world that you've always looked for. Mm -hmm. That should be the the journey of it. Mm -hmm. To go to double A, triple A. Some people Single stay A. there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying now? Because I'm sure you make a stipend there too. So I think it becomes a like living. It comes fifty grand or something like that. Some I people think. probably don't even want to start. I'm like, I don't even want to go to the majors. I sit here, wait for you to come down here, bust your ass, <laughs> send you back. So it's a, it's. It's, it's different, man. So, Theo, what do they need? What does Major League Baseball need to do to get African Americans more engaged and wanting to become Major League Baseball players again? I would, I would say go back to the communities, 
Because uh, I really have a lot of you know, uh, empty lots. Empty lots create mm-hmm. a baseball field and create a league where you got where you charge these kids free. Yes, yeah, so, sir. Listen, parents, everything is free. Uniform is free. This is free. What you got to do? Stop for free. Everything got to be free. Get a baseball field. Tie these kids up. And ain't, ain't nothing. Get a bat. Engage them. Twelve gloves. Right, bat, uniform. You know, and I don't know the shoes part could be with the shoes though. But no, wear sneakers. Wear, wear basketball sneakers. But provide free access to uh, uniforms, accessories, maybe some gloves. You get some sponsors. Because MLB have sponsors. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're right. Place. You know what? Give, give up your uniform, gloves, and stuff like that. But go back to the community and build the fields within the community first, and create a, a, a free league. Yeah. Whatever it is, this league is free. Just sign up. Don't worry about it. Add, you know what's crazy? Add, I, I don't mean I don't mean to cut your wisdom, yeah. and I and I said do it right because the first thing I thought is about you get some of these unhealthy kids out in the street, mm-hmm. and that's a healthy way of living right yeah, there yeah, playing man. baseball. That's yeah, what kept yeah. us outside all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they could do to add um, excitement mm-hmm. also to get people excited about the game? Give away tickets, but give away quality tickets where people where the kids actually have an opportunity to sit close to the field or interact with the players. Then you build some level of excitement around the game. If people are going in, and if people if people are going into the games when they can't afford to go to a, a baseball game and they sitting in the nosebleeds, then the game is almost like a novelty. Right. But if, if you sitting on the field and you like, oh shit, I'm looking, I'm, right. I'm looking at Aaron Judge and I'm seeing these Yo, people, and, I aspire to do this. Yeah, son, and, there, and there's a certain connection with the player, the, you know, the player audience or the player mm-hmm. crowd or fan response man that this world is crazy so we're living in a different time yeah kim what do you say what what does major league baseball do to re-engage the african-american community i think you know getting back to the community too but we got to kind of like understand that we like events there's got to be some kind of celebrities or stars or something that yeah. young people connect to that like the game too so if you can start yeah. bringing those people around and putting them out in the forefront, like how basketball said, like the best thing that having a major league baseball is somebody to find out if Jay Z likes baseball. Oh, he <laughs> was a Yankee fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These stars to get out there. Yeah, if you get nice. Jay Z to go to the Yankee game or get him to talk about the Yankees or something, you'll get more black people definitely involved. And, That's and true. They, they need to pick up the pace. I mean, black people got a lot of a lot of responsibilities. When about the young dudes. Every, every Jeff, what, what, what do you say, Jeff? What, what, what does the Major League Baseball need to do to re-engage the African-American community? You got Jeff? You Jeff? Jeff, you there? I think we, I think we, may, have, I think we may have left, Jeff, lost Jeff. So, switching gears, the next thing we want to talk about is the G League. And now you see it's becoming more prevalent that... A lot of these highly touted high school prospects are foregoing going to college and instead opting to go to the G League, which to me is interesting because for a period of time, the G League was almost like the laughing stock of the NBA. So why is it now that everybody is saying, you know what, I'm foregoing the college opportunity and going to the G League? Let's start with Ken. Ken, what do you say about this? Possibly a top ten pick next year. They're gonna give me five hundred thousand. Let me work with the coaches. 
and then pay for school for on top of it too. They don't even make any sense to go to school at that point. Yeah. You can always go back to school. Yeah. Right. You, you can take an online class, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think where the um where the G League may have figured it out is that if you think about it, you know, you when you're giving them the money, so that's 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 the added incentive. But for years, colleges have made tons and tons of money using the likeness of these players and never broke bread with the college players. So here it is, the G League saying, well, you know what? You're not getting paid. We're going to pay you. You're going to get the exposure. You're going to play against potentially the same type of caliber of player. You're going to already be in the NBA system. You're going to make the coin. And you'll have the opportunity where we're going to fund your education. That's almost like a no-brainer. Theo, what, what do you think? Uh, I agree with the people that I just said about that. Um, it's just a blaze, like you said, uh, you know, pay these kids. But as growing up, remember, remember Chris Webber? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when Mitch Album riding the car and see his jersey in the store? Yeah, right. the bucks? Yeah. And he's talking for food? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I asked the guy for money to buy him food, you know? And we just look at uh, the guy from Yukon, uh, Napier. Mm-hmm. He's hungry. Midnight, he's hungry as hell. Can't get no food. He had to go on Instagram or social media to expose NAA to get free food. Now is <laughs> kids getting free food all year round, all day around, two hours a day. But the problem is that these guys making so much money and they get exposed year in and year out. Like these kids, are like you know what? And but I think that brothers, these kids are getting ass kicked too as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody they can't tell you. Listen, man, you ain't ready yet. Everybody getting ass kicked. Yo, son. Yo. Yo. And I got you guys. You my peoples. You my people. <laughs> you know, Theo, you nice, Theo. I just about to say, Theo, you ain't ready yet, bro. Yo, they don't have that. That's that is not that that is not permitted no more. You can't tell a player, you can't you can't advise him that you don't have it yet. And he and he and he look at you and take it like, damn. Like if someone seen that, let me listen to what he got Mm -hmm. to say. You don't have that, son. Yeah, that's exactly how we were taught how to play the game, son. If someone told you, yo, keep your your Mm -hmm. your shoulders out too far, keep it in. And you learn, and you and you yeah. and you paid attention. You start. Oh, game, your yeah. game is. Yes. Forget about it, man. I see that in a lot of people's game. I'm like, yeah. where's the jump yeah. shot? Yeah. Everyone, everyone can throw the ball everywhere. <laughs> can you shoot? Yeah. The ball's supposed to go yeah. in the basket. No fundamentals. How you know that? Do you know how to use the backboard? Fundamentals. I see right. it all the time, yo. Yeah. I. I I also think that... Part 48, too. Part 48? Yes, sir. Listen, man. The G League is giving you dues checks. They're not turning it down, man. And that's what I was about to say. I think, like, a bird in the hand sometimes. Sometimes people's circumstances dictate the decision they make. Like, one of the things that I used to hate with people... We just talked about Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen made that decision for that bullshit deal he got because he wanted to take care of his family. I I used to hate, though, hearing people say... Where, um, yo, he's leaving school too early or whatever it is, you know, and I say to myself, like, damn, like, yo, for all those times we hear people say somebody's leaving too early, you know, what about the stories where people stay too late and their draft stock drop? Felipe Lopez, to me, is a prime example of that. Like, Felipe Lopez, straight out of high school, could have probably got drafted and went straight to the NBA. something something went wrong. And Felipe went to the college system at St. John's, and in the college system, I think he was exposed... And his draft stock dropped. Now, he still made it to the league, but at the end of the day, the Felipe Lopez coming out of high school, if he would have just said, you know what, I'm just going to go from the high, from high school to the pros, his potential was, you know, who, who knows what Felipe would have been. Oh, Jesus, Lord, man. Felipe. You know, what, you know what it is? You know what happened with Felipe? He didn't understand that. You let the league figure out what you can't do. He went to college, and they figured it out for the league. Yeah. Went straight to the league. Yeah, he's already exposed before he gets right. to the league. Right, right. Before yeah. before he gets to the league, he was already exposed, you know. And that to me is a prime example of somebody probably having so many different people. He probably had the the um the coach of gauchos in his ear. Everybody you know, was in his ear the back college then. College everybody, yeah, everybody in his ear telling him like, you know what, you should go to college and I respect because Felipe got a degree out of it and he played in the league. You got to respect that. But at the end of the day, I don't knock any of these kids that are saying, I'm coming straight out of high school and I heard that next year I'm going to be a top 10 pick. 
So I'm just gonna wait it out in the G League yeah. or go to Australia or, or Turkey or whatever it is. And play for and, the Boston Crab Trees and, or whatever, and so. ball out, you know. I'm gonna play I'm gonna play in, in for the, 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 the Turkey M sixteens. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is and ball they out. Go out there, they're gonna find ball to play, son. You see your boy Big Baller, right? That's what that's yeah. He was driving the whole idea of kids going straight to a league or something to play for a league and, right out of high school. And I don't know if you heard, did you hear LaMelo Ball purchased a portion of that Australia team that he played for? I'm not surprised. Yeah. He's a businessman too. Yeah, a portion of it. Yeah. And now LaMelo Ball is projected to be probably what, a top five pick, they saying. See that? So, He's good. His son is going to the NBA, son. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I, I'm pro G League instead of college because I think the G League offers the opportunity to play and get money and go to college. Where I think college gives you the opportunity to play and get the college education. But just as you were saying, Kim, like you go to college, you get exposed, you get, get injured. College has many benefits, man, between mm-hmm. the, just from the, the environment, the experience, and the people you meet. You know, whatever you're, 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 what you're studying, that's personal on you, but your experience and the people you meet are life. Their life and just for the rest of your life, man. So yeah. yeah. So let's switch gears and let's talk about uh, running backs, right? So we're gonna talk a little bit about the devaluation <laughs> of running backs. Like you know, you think about the era that we came from. Even though, even though uh, Jerry Jones, there was a point in time where him and Emmett Smith was going back and forth, and he didn't want to pay Emmett Smith. But now you think about like how running backs are viewed. And the shelf life. Them errors is for, over. For, for, for running backs, what do you attribute? Let's start with you. Then, what do you attribute to the devaluation of running backs? Why running backs aren't worth anything anymore? Yo, because NFL has been lackluster putting up points. So people want points. People want to see the touchdown. People want you to go for the bomb. Mm. And let me see that. Let me see a, a play develop where it turned out to where. Uh, even if you threw it in a flat, it turned into breaking the tackle and moving here. <laughs> it's the excitement of the game. Taking nothing away from the running backs, but the, I I just think the oh wifey taking no, taking take taking nothing away from the game. Taking nothing away away from the game. Um, but pass heavy teams, man, like the Saints. You know, you got you got the you got teams like the Chiefs who got that. They're just a showman. You know what I mean? People want to see them score. So, you give it to the running back. He gets stopped. You get a defensive line. You got no offensive <laughs> line. He gets. Now you're mad because now you got 20 carries and 19 yards. The fuck? He <laughs> um, having a good day or something. I don't know. But listen, I I I, I there, there was I think there was a scenario with um, Lashawn McCoy, just for the six years of being with the Eagles was averaging like 1,500 yards, and then they trade him for some linebacker who was second round, he was some trash dude. It was like, how you give up that for that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this is the man that's been holding your team down. Anytime you need a, a first down, especially in third down, mm-hmm. you, you got these plays for these people that I don't know what makes them expendable like that. Yeah. Yeah. Other than a pass-heavy NFL, I think. Well, think I mean, well, here's something to think about. Look, the, even with the NFL being pass heavy, most of the um, running backs now line up as wide receivers, also. So right. much to the, the point that Le'Veon Bell, when he was with the Steelers, and it came right. time for him to renegotiate, he was saying to them, predominantly, most of the snaps that he was taking, he was taking at um, at wide receiver. But they said no, he's a running back. So Theo, what do you say? Why has the NFL devalued the running back?
than the pros. Mm -hmm. And it's straight offense, got everybody going four wide, five wide, all kind of stuff. So I play in college football as well. I should say men in college football, you say. Okay. Kim, why do you say that the running backs have been devalued? I think what they started doing, like a couple of teams started doing it years ago when you start getting into that running back side committee, anytime you get out there, three guys on the team splitting time. Now you're splitting time. Well, the average shelf life on an NFL yeah, play in general. Play yeah, the average yeah. shelf life on an NFL play in general. I looked at one point, the average NFL career was probably about five years. I attribute, I think, that the devaluation of the running back also to um, to the fact, like, look, you know, everything now seems to go. All the money seems like an NFL to me. There's always like this evolution of where the money goes. So at one point, everybody was paying the quarterbacks, and to a degree, people are still gonna pay the quarterback. Then they got to the point where they say, okay, you know what? Now we got to real we realize we got to pay the wide receiver. Then there was a point where people started paying the running back. Now you see a lot of people starting to say, you know what? We have to spend money on our offensive line. We need to show up the line to protect the um the quarterback. And for some reason, the, the running back has sort of become the odd man out. And I the think that's sheep. what you're saying, Ken. <laughs> like, it's because they've become expendable in the sense of before there was one running back. So now you got your power back the dudes coming in when you need to grind out and get that one yard your full back. then you got your full passing back. back the dudes coming out of the backfield that's going you know the linebacker's going to line right. up with him and he's going to smoke the linebacker right. and go downfield and then you have you may have your your back that's um, sort of like all purpose that could do both tailback so yeah so now these pieces have become interchangeable if you find one person who can do everything but in the same sense, if you get one person who could do anything, like a Le'Veon Bell, you know, a dude who potentially could be an every down, every down back, what happens is if you're every down back, there's a lot of wear and tear associated with being in the game right. every down. So Todd Gurley is a dude who went from an MVP season to probably averaging 2.3 yards per carry or something like that. Like, he's still an enigma. People are trying to figure out. Wow. I remember people were saying, yo, Todd Gurley must be hurt in the Super Bowl. Then last year... Ty Gurley still is on the decline so much that they cut him, and now you see he's on Atlanta. So, honestly, I don't know what kind of player Ty Gurley is going to be after this. I don't know if it's because he's endured so much wear and tear. I don't know if the league is caught up with him. You just never know. So, I, I see a lot of teams now reluctant to pay running backs because these offenses have got a lot more complex also, yeah. and people are figuring out, how do I move these pieces around with like these different players. You, they gotta, you know. gotta put points on the board, man. Yeah. Imagine if the NFL though had a hard cap though, just how really devalued the running back position of some of these positions would be. Like if they had a hard cap like some of these other sports where it's like, nah, right. this is the absolute cap. You can't spend no above more this. That. Yeah, then what it would be for some of these players. Yeah. Cool. So, Theo, um, last word on this. What do you say? Well, you guys are on the head, man. I don't really have much to say about it. But I want, I want to say, I want to ask you this. If you are a high school phenom and you go to college, let's say Clemson, whatever that's that, your coach says, you know what? I know you're great. I know you're great running back. But you know what? I'd like you better as a cornerback. How about that? But look at Jabril Peppers. Mm -hmm. Jabril was a high school phenom running back. Yeah. Before the Michigan runner. He ran a 4-2. Damn. So why not keep him there as running back in Michigan? Mm -hmm. why, why go to Michigan all of a sudden and you know what, Jabril, you're, you're a cornerback. I know it worked out. I get it. Mm -hmm. This dude ran a four-two in, in high school and was a high school phenom. <laughs> but a lot of do with coaches have different, I guess, uh, way of seeing you. Mm -hmm. And then what? No, I like running back. They change the position. Go from that defensive end to a linebacker. Mm -hmm. so, so listen, if you feel you're gonna be a good running back, and you love being running back, stay the course. Why you feel like you know what? I'm, 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 I'm a coach guy to say if you feel them better at, at a linebacker. I'm gonna go with it. 
So I blame, I blame coaches of college too who changed your style of play and because you're so damn fast, you'll be a cornerback instead of you'll be a wide receiver. That's why that's why NFL has a lot of cornerbacks who are former wide receivers. Yeah, they that's fast. right. They have that's no right. hands. That's right. Mm -hmm. They have no hands because, you know what? I, I, I had hands in high school. That's right. I'm in college. You say, no, we're not. Forget that, man. You be a have no hands now. Yeah. That's what it is too. So it, it could be a lot of little things like that as far as your, your college, your, your coaches, seeing seeing you from a different aspect of as far as your time concerned. So it's a little bit everything I should say as far as like, you know, uh, that situation. Yeah. Ken, last word on this. You know what? If you look at it, like, like Ralph said, it is about the point. Because all the highest paid positions, you got the quarterback, the receivers, the pass rushers who get out the quarterback, the mm -hmm. cornerback. Mm -hmm. So it's all it's all about the it's all about the passing game. I mean, the, the least paid, the dudes who protect the quarterbacks, the last two, the lowest paid, probably like running backs, the linebackers, the safeties, and they basically match each other. So yeah. I don't see it getting no better for the running backs either. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, thank God Christian McCaffrey cashed out before <laughs> they before they caught up it caught up with it. And, Cause he just got he just got a nice new deal. They cut my man Cam and let my man Cam go. We got two black quarterbacks, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, unemployed. Hopefully they land on their feet sooner than later. But the last topic for today, just really quick, wanted to go through and talk about you know these sporting events now with everything that's going on with the coronavirus. You know I'm hearing that the entertainment industry may take a huge hit and these large sporting events may be on hold. We're actually having a crowd until next year. I think they're saying possibly the fall of next year. Now, I had an opportunity to watch some of the WWE WrestleMania without a crowd where they did it in the studio, and it was horrible. You know, I know that WWE is sports entertainment and it's scripted. Like, literally, you can hear the wrestlers talking to each other. It's just something about that's that weird. element of having the that's crowd weird, present yeah, that makes the game what the game part, is. That's part of the game. Yeah. The, the the player fan that that symbiotic relationship is the whole reason why we're there, man. And when you remove that, you can't get that back. You know what? This this is a, his his and experience and experience that I had, and it's a, you know it's, it's sort of like um an analogy that's it's very similar to the sporting events with live crowds for me. So I remember going to an amusement park with my kids, and I purchased them the fast pass and within probably like the first hour first hour and a half they had rode all the roller coasters right and then it was in that moment that i realized holy shit the crowds <laughs> at amusement parks are actually part builds the anticipation for the ride like that's part of the whole aviance why you and it, yeah an appreciation of it the crowds are painting the ass when you waiting on the line and you dealing with it but when there's no crowd there it's like man i could get on this roller coaster seven times in a role like Before the anticipation <laughs> yeah the anticipation right. associated with it is very different so i'm just i'm just wondering from you guys perspective and kim we'll start with you are you pro sporting events without crowds which which your sense how do you feel about that I, I, but the crazy part is that we'll, we'll take it because because it's something to watch but as far as that i mean <laughs> yeah that's you, true you imagine like enough saying when you go out there to a basketball game and you just said, man, first of all, there's no home court advantage. And the fans <laughs> will make the home court advantage. So you might as well be nice, trying to well well I've seen something like this. Like, I think about at the NCAA, they got like that Battle of Atlantis thing. You know, they had a game structure where it was like the crowd was like pitch black. And the, the only thing that was like the floor was highlighted. It was like quiet. Mm. It was weird because you could just say like smoothers and basketball. I mean, some sports you get away with it. Like, I don't think nobody cares about no crowd and all tennis and all that type of crazy. Yeah. Like, for a basketball game or a football game, that's gonna be tough. Uh, man, you get you gotta remember these arenas. But basketball hits with 20,000. 20, 20, baseball, baseball is 30,000. So that's the whole. But hearing that cheer, just the cheer alone, that that. That uncontrollable sound that you hear, just people talking. That you can't. I wonder if they're pumping, pumping crowd noise to sort of attempt to. Uh, Who used to do that? Who was doing that? The, the Detroit wasn't it? The uh -huh. New York Nets making a fake crowd noise. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's twelve people in the stands making all that damn noise. 
Theo, what do you what do you say? You pro are you pro sporting events without live crowds? I'm kind of I'm kind of middle of this. Cause I feel once the players are locked in mentally, they're good to go. But at the same time, the fans are a great motivator. As far as we have a bad game, sometimes we're down by 20 points and teammates can't can't lift you. Yes, yeah, might be that fans cheering, standing up, wearing your jersey that lift you. That's right. But listen, we could do this. We down by 20, we could do this. But you know, so um, at the same time as well, you know, I remember all our first show always go up. Saturday in the morning, we in the park playing ball with just us and the birds. Nobody right. watches us play. Everybody right. like next. We playing three playing <laughs> games. The same ten players, you That's know. Right. So we all went through that, right, right. You know, but at the same time, I, I I'm kind of middle with that as well because listen, when you when you practice, there's no fans. Mm-hmm. And you and you play two, three hours too at the same time. Yeah. There's no fans in practice. You show the coach yelling at you, so I'm kind of swaying in between. But uh, I do hope you guys play ball. If there's no fans, so be it. No fans because you guys have played ball all your life, so ain't it's not that serious. Yeah. When they really about to come and come to the game, we gonna show up. You know, but um. Like I said, I, I, can't really, I really can't call it, you know, I really can't say, but what I said, again, before, when they play the locked into the game, you're locked in, they want the damn crowd. Yeah, you don't worry about the crowd. You want to play, listen to the coach, like that, exactly. So, I'm in the middle with this topic, for sure. Yeah. You know what, I think the crowd is more, this is, you know, this is ironic, the crowd is more about the crowd. Right. right, the crowds. Because if if you've played sports before and you on the court, you on the field or whatever it is, you don't hear the crowd. You not you so much in the zone. You ain't paying attention to everything that's going you ain't on. You supposed to pay attention the, to, the, to the, the yeah, crowd. Yeah, in the crowd. So no. the crowd is more about the crowd. I I do. I'm with you guys on that. I do want the game to come back, even if it's without a crowd, because I don't want to see professional basketball players playing horse in their driveway. Like, I, that's not a form of entertainment to me or whatever. I, I don't want to see um, professional basketball players playing video game tournaments. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, that, right, like, right. That, that to me is like, it's, it's, not, it's not appealing. It's not the real thing. So I'm hoping that even if there isn't a crowd involved, that we could get back to seeing, like, some competitive sports. And, you know, gradually I'm guessing that the crowd will begin to, trickle back in like I think about though for a sport like baseball where attendance is already you know taking a hit like what is going to be the rebound for baseball from this football is football football is is what it football will never have to advertise ever again and it's a hundred billion dollar industry that football is going to be good when this is all said and done mm-hmm. and basketball I think has a core audience where people are going to come back to basketball where they came back to basketball after the strike you know mm-hmm. But baseball, baseball is a sport that always like ratings be tough, steadily man, because, been on the decline. You know, there, there's so many people who is that's been ill affected by what we're going on. So, where where do people have the so-called you know little spare change to go catch a movie or go catch a, mm-hmm. a game? You know, what I mean, how how do you you know how do you market back to the consumer that it's okay to catch a game when some games is the price of games is crazy to get it's into. Astronomical. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So how do you leverage that back into you know, getting people to feel come about, come have a hot go. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's that's gonna we're gonna we're in we're in, we're in that shift right now because we there's no answer for it. A right twelve dollar hot dog. As many sporting events I've been to in my life, I've never had a, a meal that I thought was a great meal. Really, <laughs> Jesus. You you ever been to a sporting event and been like, damn, this food tastes really good? Nah. You not, Theo? Not. <laughs> How about yes. you? you? You have? Yeah, yeah he said yes. <laughs> Where at? Where? I've been there too. Bro, fellas, I'm camping yards, Orioles baseball field. Yeah, he's right. To get a chance, yes, sir. trust me. Trust me. You will leave there with all kinds of seafood, crab cakes. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's right. There, okay. All that's right. right. I live down I'm there. You... I'm going to you guys go. I felt. Bad for my mom and my wife because I'll be so much seafood in there, man. <laughs> I call my wife and baby, listen, if we were here, please, we had a 10-15 pounds already. We already, son. Yo, son, yo, thief. We got, yo, thief. You guys will love it. We got to get to Baltimore, son. We got to get to Baltimore, son. Yeah. What about you, Ken? Have you ever had a good meal at a, at a sporting event? All of us. Ken, you ever had a good meal at a sporting event? I'm sorry. Uh, I would say not really, but you still have good have good uh, chicken fingers though. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. Chicken fingers, 
So now we know Camden, Camden Yards, yo, for all our Baltimore listeners. That's for all my Camden, Baltimore Camden family, Yards son. Is, is the plug. My New York family is shouting out the stadium, son. That's dope, man. Yo, so we, I guess we, we gonna wrap on that. Any one last right. word? Let's go to Theo, give your last word, and then we'll go to Ken, give his last word. And then you got anything up. y'all want to plug? Anything you want to put out there? Put out there, man. Or anything you want to say, okay. sports related. All I want to say is, I'm at work, I'm talking about boss. I said, listen, my man Rock got a podcast for his people. I need to be on it. I said, Theo, you're back. I got you. My I dude. love every second of this goddamn podcast. I appreciate every you, bro. Second, man. I Thank love you. Let's do it again. That's please, right. Please invite me anytime you want to. Let me know. I'll keep I'm you posted. Yes, sir. No problem, man. More love to you. Well, love to you guys. Be safe, man, and God bless, man. You Yo, thank you. Be it. safe out there on the front line, bro. Appreciate it. Ken, last word. Without question, man. Without Super plug, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for coming on. All right, fellas. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, so there you have it. Episode six. No ideas. In the bag, baby. Game recognized. No game. Yo, hopefully we get sports back soon, man. I definitely miss it. Look, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, SoundCloud, follow us on Instagram, no ID, no ID original. Yo, have a good weekend. Peace. Peace.